Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. From between the hedges at Sanford Stadium to the practice fields, from Stegman Coliseum and wherever else the Bulldogs are playing, it's time to talk Georgia sports. Touchdown, 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 dogs win it! From the Athens Banner Herald, here are your hosts, Mark Weiser and Ryan Dennis. Hey, welcome in. It's the Bulldogs Extra Podcast. Mark Weiser with Ryan Dennis. Ryan. Yeah, man. Georgia legend is retiring. Another longtime Bulldog coach is up for the College Football Hall of Fame. Kirby Smart is about to get paid even more. And the Bulldog athletic gear is coming to an end. And we will pick where Georgia players that we think are all SEC worthy uh, as uh, some of those preseason magazines are, are flowing out. Ryan, we start with the most important thing. Where do you stand on the all-important all white uniforms that recruits were wearing last weekend, including Arch Manning. I know you're you're kind of a traditionalist. Uh, I wonder where you stand on the white uniform thing. Well, you know, I, I think it goes back to the way that Bulldogs have performed in other uniforms at times. And uh, you think about what Florida 2009 with the uh, Grambling looking uniforms, and you think about the Power Ranger uniforms in '11 didn't turn out so well for the Bulldogs in those uh, scenarios. But I thought they looked clean. Is that how the kids call it? Is that what? I mean, what does that mean? They look nice. They look, uh, you know, they're not overly uh, ugly. Is that the only thing I'm going to say about uniforms? One thing I want to say about the uniforms is uh, I did not like the Colorado Rockies uniform last weekend against the Braves. I, I did like them. They looked softballish. No, no it did but not I didn't, exactly. I didn't think they were terrible. Yes, they were. They were terrible. <laughs> um, give me, give me the Milwaukee uh, Brewers throwback uh, baseball caps. Dude, that is, the Robin Yount uh, uniforms, those types. Give me of that. that. Oh yeah. Give me uh, the Braves when they wear their was it '70s uniforms. Yeah, the, the with the uh, with the little feather on the cap, mm-hmm. so to speak. I don't care about the all white. It's fine. I thought it looked. I thought it looked okay, and you know, if they broke those out sometime, I don't. I don't think that'd be that'd be terrible. But uh, yeah, I know a lot of people argue that there's not much better than just the uh, the silver britches and a and a red Look, uniform. Does anybody really care what Georgia wears against Kent State? I mean, put a put, you know th- roll out on that. Isn't that what time is that? Is that like a twelve or four p.m. kickoff? I don't know. Um, whatever. If Arch Manning wants it, if uh, look, if Carson Beck wants it. If any of these bulldogs want, you know, it's all good. I mean, if it brings in a, but I do like. I mean, I like Georgia's traditional uniform too. I do too. But if it brings in a five-star recruit, I bet people won't be uh, quote unquote uh, uh, complaining about said uniform so much. Ryan, we knew that Jack Barley was going to retire at some point uh, in the next year or two or three or you know, Uh, but he has retired and. we don't talk about Georgia swimming much on this show, but everybody that is a Georgia fan knows about Jack Bowerly. He's uh, been around Athens and UGA for more than 50 years, came here out of a town uh, outside of Philadelphia yeah. in 1970. I talked to him yesterday after he uh, the word came out about this. He said he never got an airplane before he flew to NC State like as a junior in high school. 
Um, and now he's visited like 31 countries because he's, you know, Olympic coach and national team coach and recruiting all over the place. Um, but, you know, I don't know if you if you you hear him talk on the radio. Um, he does the local deal where he'll just call in sometimes and just talk <laughs> sports. Um He's uh, just a very energetic guy, a fun guy to talk to, and seven national championships at Georgia um, and a boatload of Olympians. Ryan, I, I know you're big in the world of uh, goggles and uh, butterfly strokes, mm -hmm. uh, so w what's your thoughts? Oh, I mean, obviously, he's a legend. You know, I go ask you, uh, you said you talked for 20 minutes. Was that just uh, one question? Did you even get a question in, or did he just uh, start no, you, talking? And I will say you do have to kind of stop him and, and <laughs> exactly. move, move on to the next question because he does like to talk, but he, but he's uh, very colorful. Says he's going to go on a uh, safari to Botswana with his wife um, sometime in the next year, and uh, he's a big surf guy. He's probably mm -hmm. done that like in Acapulco or wherever else. So, Yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember uh, when I was a student working for the Red and Black at UGA, and, uh, you know, I sat in with him and a few other journalists uh, before going to what was the 08 Olympics, Beijing, I believe. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you were in there for an hour and a half because he just kept talking, and one of the big things was, was – him, him being a surfer but yeah i mean he'll go down as a uga legend and uh you know what he was able to do especially with the women's program uh what was it, eight national titles with the women's program seven seven i mean uh, i mean he's a legend and like you said i think when it comes to sports like that uh you know your mark is made by the olympics because that's what everybody looks kind of toward uh and and how you can produce olympians and there was really nobody better you know, and you think about Allison Schmidt, what she just competed in her fourth, fifth Olympics uh, as, a, as a UGA legend. And then, you know, he'd have uh, swimmers on the t on the current team uh, win for, say, South Africa uh, in swimming and stuff like that. And I mean, it was uh, whenever whenever the Olympics came around and that's when the sport was at its highest. Jack Byerly was talked about every every olympics because he had four five six swimmers winning medals and uh, and oftentimes gold medals and uh you know what he was able to do both nationally for the country and for the university of georgia is uh is incredible so the men finished uh eighth i believe it was this year women 15th which is you know that's not necessarily kind of the standard for that program historically uh at least on the women's side so you know whether recruiting was catching up but you know it's hard to recruit when you're that age i know i wrote about manny diaz's men's tennis contract extension i think it was maybe uh, sometime in the last year and he said one of the reasons he wanted the extension which i think took him like four more years was that you know to quiet people on opposing coaching staff saying that hey he's about to retire or something i think manny might be a year younger than jack jack is 70 um, well, you think about Nick Saban, right? And because uh, he's about that same age and gets a twelve-year contract, and it's all about the recruiting and and saying that they're going to be here for a long time. Is that what his contract is? Is twelve years? Yeah, I don't know the specifics on it, but I do know that uh, it always seems to add a year or two, and uh, you're like, dang, this guy's. You know, if he if he lives out his contract, he's going to coach to eighty-seven years old. So Georgia's uh, AD Josh Brooks, uh, you know, this obviously had been in the works for a while because uh, a few hours later they announced that they are hiring a men's and women's coach. The women's coach is uh, Stephanie Williams Marino, who is a uh, accomplished swimmer at UGA and is in the circle of honor. And then Neil Versfeld, uh, South African, who also swam at UGA, was on the Olympic team for South Africa, is the men's coach. But 
they're kind of separating the programs, um, which is interesting to me because when they hired the new women's track coach or the new track coach last year, they didn't do that. They, they kept them. Uh, Carol Smith Gilbert's coaching both the men and the women. So I haven't had a chance to ask Josh about kind of why he's, he's doing that, but maybe it's different in the world of swimming. I don't know. Also that they went out and got, you know, her from, from USC and kind of keep it in house here at UGI. Yeah, but I mean, Williams, Stephanie Williams Marino was 10 years on the Georgia staff. So she was probably getting, you know, kind of prepared for that possibility. Um, all right, that's about as much. We'll probably talk about swimming next in, in the next Olympics rolls around. I don't know, but um, Mark Rick is on the College Football Hall of Fame ballot. Uh, so is Garrison Hurst, the running back. Um, this is what three years after Rick retired, I believe, mm-hmm. um, from Miami, uh, out of coaching. Um, and I think uh, they usually announce that the kind of like the day of the national championship game. So it'll be a while still, but I think votes are or do later this summer. Ryan, uh, Mark Rick, a Hall of Famer in your mind? Yeah. I mean, I think so. Uh, what do you have, 150-something wins here at UGA? And that's not including the run he had as offense coordinator under uh, Bobby Bowden down at FSU. And, uh, you know, I think when you start talking about, I mean, on-field accomplishments, I think he's well worthy. He's what – just uh, just short of a of a national title from being, uh, you know, in in elite elite company, and uh, you know he came turned Georgia around to SEC championships uh, early in his time here, and uh, yeah, I think uh, I think he's definitely worthy of uh, being in the College Football Hall of Fame. What are your thoughts? Well, it's an interesting conversation because you know Jim Donnan is is a Hall of Famer, and you know he he was fired. I guess it was five seasons maybe at Georgia, um, but that's not why he's in the Hall of Fame for what he did at Georgia. And he had a pretty good winning percentage at Georgia, but you know didn't you know coach at the same time as Steve Spurrier and well Georgia Tech losses too didn't yeah, uh, help. Yeah, but he's in there for what he did at Marshall, which is win a national championship uh, at the which was the one AA level at that time, and right. also uh, you know an accomplished uh, assistant coach at Oklahoma. Uh, but the interesting thing also with, with Mark Rick is that if you look at the guys that are nominated uh, among coaches, uh, this time around there's nine nominations. Uh, he's got the best winning percentage of any of them. It's 728, 171 and 64 overall. Next up uh, closest on that list is uh, Larry Coker at Miami and Texas San Antonio, uh, he's at 647. He does have a national championship. He does have a national championship mm-hmm. in his first season at Miami. Uh, also on this list, uh, Paul Johnson. It'll be interesting mm-hmm. if they both can. Now, Johnson also national championship, right, at Georgia, Georgia Southern. Southern. Yeah. Was it more than one even? It might have been more than one. I don't I know. So, yeah. yeah, so um, you probably see a lot of these. I mean, I, I don't know if, uh, if Coker would get in. He's 86 and 47 as a head coach. Yeah, I mean, Margaret trumps that easily. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, but, you know, um, I think uh, you, sh- you should expect he will get in. I don't know if it's a first ballot type thing. I don't, I don't know exactly the machinations of that as well. Um, Frank Solich also on there in Nebraska, 173-101 overall, including many years at Ohio. What are Garrison's chances? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, obviously, that great, what, 92 season, I think it was? I mean, was, you just look at the running backs on this yeah. list. You got Reggie Bush, and I don't know if he was 
Is he eligible? I mean, is that a... I, I guess <laughs> so. I mean, how does that work? I don't know. I don't know if he's been on there before or not, but you got Kijana Carter, DJ Jozier, Vaughn Dunbar work done. There's an awful lot of running backs on here. Mm. Toby Gerhardt, uh, Craig Hayward. Um, Ironhead? Yeah. Mm. D'Angelo Williams. I mean, how many running backs can they put in? Eric Rett, Marshawn Lynch. So, you know, I, I don't know yeah. if uh, he'll, he'll get in, but there's, uh, you know, 80 players on this list so uh congratulations to uh to mark rick i I think i brought up with him that he was going to be eligible when i did that story on him um back in in november before he was honored knowing him he probably uh brushed it off didn't i can't remember i mean it wasn't it wasn't the you know the foremost in conversation i kind of brought it up in passing and it turned out that to be nominated for the hall of fame he needed to have been uh nom- or georgia or miami would have had to kind of submit the paperwork and i think that's a lauren smith thing he probably filled out the paperwork for mark rick that sounds right to, to get that done uh all right well uh, it's been a couple of weeks since we podcast so you know i think it was the, maybe the day or two after georgia's athletic board went behind closed doors where they they sent us media types out the door of the palatial uh what's the golf course over there reynolds plantation yeah at the Ritz-Carlton Lodge. Ryan, I know you usually stay at the Ritz-Carlton Lodge a couple weekends a year. You play golf on that course. How is that? Do you enjoy playing golf there? Jeez, I wish I could play that course. How much, I, how much I, would it cost to play there? I don't know. I've never even looked into it. Do you have to be a member of uh, Reynolds Plantation? I don't know. Down don't there? know. Don't know. It's, it's way out of a uh, journalist budget. You have to like know somebody to, to get in down there. Now, you do? You, I bet if you wait, called wait, up can, somebody. Can you go uh, play up in, at North Carolina where they have the U.S. Open course? Pinehurst? Is yeah. that, uh, I, I think you can. Is yeah. that a public course? And it's pretty expensive. I think I've looked into that, but you have to stay like three or four nights, and it's uh, like eight hundred dollars or something for your time there, plus golf and everything. Um, but no, you know, I've never played. I've seen the Reynolds Plantation course down there, Lake Oconee, and it looks uh, like it could host a uh, a major. And I do believe there was a big time event there for women's golf last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, some type of major tournament. By the way, I'm looking up. I'm curious now. Guess how much it costs for a round of golf at Pebble Beach, which is a public course. Yeah, I'm going in the 500s. 575, yeah. maybe. Do it. So well, you want to go out there next month? I mean, right now I need to just go to uh, the driving range type place. What's that called? The Top Golf? Yeah, I went I, there last Saturday, in fact. Oh, did you? The one in uh, yeah, Duluth or whatever? My wife's birthday. Uh, we went to Buford. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, no, my game is not such that I can uh, go on these courses. Uh, I don't even play. So I did play top golf a couple of times, but that's, that's about it. All right. Anyway, Kirby's about to make a lot of money. Uh, they went behind closed doors and they said uh, we're working on a long term deal, finalizing the deal with his agent. And um, he will be paid uh, commiserate with a national championship coach, which, you know, Sabin's at like 9 8 or something. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but. Um, you got Jimbo Fisher, um, you got Dabo Sweeney. So, you know, expect that when that rolls out. And, uh, you know, you mentioned 12 years for saving. I don't know if that's even the number, but, you know, Kirby's not going anywhere unless he wants to. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, I don't know what's taken them so long. Probably like, is he getting, uh, you know, like a Rolls Royce, uh, every year for his kids when they turn 16. I don't know what's going on. What about a plane upgrade? Well, and I wrote about that the last time was, you know, they had a deal, uh, not about a plane, but he has access to a uh, private plane to take the family. Right. 25, uh, was it 25 hours or something? I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was, hey, you need to get that, that plane deal to fly you to Pebble Beach is what you need. 
Yeah, that would be cool. I, mean, I don't. I don't. You mean getting a private plane for him and his staff to fly around? Maybe. Well, how about the Kirby copter upgrade? I mean, that thing's kind of yellow. I mean, it needs like a big. Nah, he said multiple colors. This, it need, this year. needs like a power G on the side, right? I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, um, also, um, you know. You're not going to get any uh, beer if you're a Georgia fan unless you're sitting in the expensive seats uh, during the game. Let's say it's, uh, you know, you're watching Georgia play Auburn this year and, uh, you know, you're feeling like things are good. We're up, we're up by three touchdowns uh, and uh, we, we need to, you know, celebrate this thing with with a, a round of beer for everyone in my section. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't go go do it. We're well, about to do the old uh, sneak a bottle uh-huh. in the uh, in the underwear in uh, of. Uh, oh, is that what you do? I've never done it, wink. Uh, but I've known people that have. You know, you get a get a little thing of Jack uh, airline bottle in the in the in the sock or something. Nobody knows. Uh, Josh Brooks also getting a pay bump. Uh, that will not be. They didn't say that was going to be like a long term deal that they're locking him up for ten years. But uh, and also didn't say they're going to pay him as much as a national championship athletic director. But he's going to, I guess, presumably move up, which you know near the bottom of the SEC. Um, so. Um, been a busy year and a half for Mr. Brooks. Uh, Bowerly is now the sixth head coach that's uh, moved on uh, from Georgia. Some uh, got pushed out, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's a lot for that time. McGarity didn't really have anything in his last uh, two-plus years, I think it was. Mark Fox was the last one, and then, like, you know, trying to determine when he's going to step out, retire, you know. So his leave. last hire was Tom Crean, too, right? That was his last hire, yeah. Hey. <laughs> Yeah. You're not. Uh, you're saying that wasn't a good one. Well, it didn't. <laughs> didn't turn out so well. All right. Uh, hey, you know who else is getting paid? Todd Monk and two million a year uh, is is his new deal. And um, you know, Georgia. Obviously, Dan Lanning and and Mel Tucker before him got a lot of praise. And you know, after Jim Cheney and and James Coley, uh, mm. Todd Munkin's very popular now with what he's done with uh, the offense and Stetson Bennett, and now uh, this year to see what he's going to do with these uh, assortment of tight ends that we're going to talk about when we do our All SEC projections. But Ryan, the other thing is I don't know if you've noticed all these TV uh, game time announcements. No night games at least until October. They've announced the first four games of the season, and I don't have them in front of me either. But they're they're anywhere from like I guess the openers at three thirty. Mm-hmm. You have some four o'clock kicks, some noon kicks. You good with that? Yeah, I think. That's, I mean, it's it's kind of hot in the, in September. See, the three thirty and four. I think I think that's an ideal start because you kind of uh, fade into the sunset there at the end of the game, which is which is nice and cooling down. But uh, you know, I, I I don't you know you don't think about night games uh, for Georgia too often. Uh, Notre Dame was an eight o'clock kick. You know, you might think of a seven o'clock Mississippi State game, wasn't that night game? It, it was. Yeah. Uh, but I mean those are few and far between if you ask me. It's usually a Ten- noon to four windows when What Georgia's was Tennessee kicking. last year? Was that three thirty or was that a night game? I can't it remember. It was three thirty up in uh, up Knoxville. in Tennessee. Yeah. yeah I remember because I had to go to a they had a Saturday playoff football game uh, at Athens Academy I had to go to uh, and listen to on the ride there. Okay. Hey we were talking golf earlier. Did you catch any of the live uh, this morning that featured one Hudson Swafford? Ron, that's, on, that's on my list of uh, things to talk about. You're, you're kind of betting out oh, of my order. Bad. My bad. But um, didn't know. That but you, if you want to talk the, about it now, we can just do that. Uh, no, I did not. Um, did you watch it on YouTube? I watched it uh, like ten minutes. So how does it work? Because it's a shotgun start, so everybody's on the course at the yeah. same time, right? Yeah. So, so 
What do you have? 18 camera angles? 18. Well, the, the only thing I saw, they followed Phil and, and DJ, mm -hmm. uh, of course. But, uh, of course, everybody's favorite around here. Patrick Reed obviously took the money to play out there. Uh, but, yeah, I guess the biggest surprise as far as UGA goes is that Hudson Swafford uh, uh, chose to play. And as the commissioner of the PGA announced this morning, indefinite suspensions to anybody uh, from the PGA Tour for anybody playing in live. Now, I guess they'll laugh with their uh, – 25 million dollars they're gonna make out of it but yeah i mean this one's in london but i think they're going to be doing portland oregon uh some more events in the states maybe down at doral in florida which isn't trump on that one now i think maybe i think he does um so yeah i mean it's an interesting call i mean right if you go play in the in the pga tour this week in canada right it's in the canadian open mm -hmm. and you don't make the cut you're not making any money right that's true yeah they're gonna have to change that i think they're going to have to. Absolutely. I think that's going to be the big change. And I think that's what Phil initially was talking about when he was saying he wanted to make change for the for the PGA Tour, which I, I guess that he, he's, he's banned now, so he doesn't really care about the PGA Tour. But, uh, yeah, I think that's what's going to have to change is you get something for being in the event, even if you miss Ryan, the cut. Ryan, we have a, a, some breaking update from the, uh, the event in London uh -huh. on the Live Golf London event. This is according to the Sporting News, which has a live update leaderboard. Tied for first between, and I never heard of these guys, Fakara Kungwatame. Hey, this is the family podcast. <laughs> have you heard of that language? guy? No, I haven't. Minus three along with Hane Duplessis. Uh, Dustin Johnson tied for fourth, and uh, Brandon Grace also tied for fourth. The bad thing about that, I mean, they're going to have to get some bigger names to if they're going. Well, to I mean, succeed. they have some big names, but it looks like they're, right, they're right. not at the top but of I the mean, leaderboard. Either, either you're going to have to get bigger names, which I mean, obviously, I hope they don't. Or I mean, DJ and whoever is going to maybe Luke Mutes and he's going to win every event. Chase Kepka, Brooks's brother, apparently yeah, is playing. Yeah, little brother. Mm -hmm. Does he? Does he play? What does he play? Where does he play? Uh, I mean, he was kind of a fringe PGA guy was for a while, okay. and uh, I think he got an exemption into one of the majors uh, mm. COVID year. Yeah. Well, look, these guys are making a lot of money, and it was interesting. I did watch the press conferences, you know, clips of them yesterday where they kind of, you know, had to, had to watch what they said mm -hmm. about, I mean, now Nicholson did say, of course, we don't condone uh, human rights violations, and we don't, mm -hmm. you know, it was terrible that Jamal Khashoggi was killed. Um, you know, as we talk about the Saudi-backed golf tour, um, but you know, he didn't want to get into anything about his beef with the PGA and what he said about it. Um, and you know, someone else was asked. It was Lee Westwood was like, was asked, "Is there any place you wouldn't play if Vladimir Putin wanted you to go play golf in Russia? Would you play?" And he said, "Well, that's a hypothetical, and I don't really want to get into that." But if the money was right, <laughs> interesting. Uh, yeah. So uh, Hudson Swafford. Uh, I mean, I, I noticed he was never a podcast guest like some of his former Georgia teammates. Mm -hmm, so you know, mm -hmm. I'm just saying we picked the right ones, right? Absolutely. Do you know now? Did do you know Hudson? Did you uh, has he been in the Masters that you've covered? Yeah, he was in this year. Yeah, and uh, so were you surprised that he uh, a little bit, yeah. a little bit? Because I think uh, I think what's going to happen is the the ban is going to keep uh, keep rolling, and it might include the Masters or U.S. Open and a PGA, uh, definitely a PGA. So. I, I think, uh, yeah, this might be a oh crap moment here in the next year or so when they can't qualify or, you know, because I mean to get into the to the uh, Masters, there's a lot of qualifications, but one of them is winning on the PGA Tour, uh, World Rankings, which apparently they're not getting through the Live Tour. I mean, 
it's going to be interesting to see what happens in about a year. Look, Hudson Swafford, uh, according to SpotRack, I think that might, uh, might be how you pronounce it, which mm-hmm. does a great job of, like, when you get a Georgia guy drafted in the NFL, you can look up where he's slotted and what he'll make. Mm-hmm. Uh, guess how much money Swafford has made as a uh, professional golfer, according to this uh, website? Uh, $16 million. Oh, no, no, not that much. But, oh. but still, I mean, $9.65 million, I mean, I think he could retire and be pretty comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, well, but, you can say the same like for Dustin Johnson, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, he's oh, yeah. made billions, and well, maybe not that much, but uh, there's always more out there, I guess. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, you know what happens with uh, that drama with the PGA Tour, and and uh, do you think they timed it to kind of have it happen the same week as the PGA Tours in Canada, which is kind of off the radar? I don't know, because I mean, there's some big names in that event. Rory McIlroy, yeah, playing, no, Rory, uh, yeah, you know some. Uh, uh, Justin Thomas was in that, but uh, no, I, I find it. What is next week's the U.S. Open, right? Uh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, uh, well, you since, know, maybe since, they were since you decided that. that this would be the golf portion of the show, <laughs> uh, U.S. Open next week in Brookline, Massachusetts. Here are your Georgia golfers in that event: Harris English, Brian Harmon, Russell Henley, Kevin Kisner, Seth Straka. And I did not see Bubba Watson's name on there. Yeah, he's out. He's hurt. So he, I mean, but he wasn't even on there. Like, did he qualify for it? I'm, yeah. I'm sure he would have qualified. He, uh, but he had meniscus surgery. Right. I think he's out the rest of the right. entire year. You know, Kitzner, who is an interesting guy. And a fan of the uh, podcast. I don't know if he's a fan. He's been a guest. <laughs> <laughs> but but he's an interesting guy. He would have been someone I would have guessed would be like more likely to do um, the deal with with the live golf just because he he's a little bit provocative at times, I feel like. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like he's uh, he's a good American, right? So he, oh, what do you say about Hudson? Well, no no comment there. But I don't know. To me, Kisner feels like a guy. That's, that's, he's he's happy at home. He's made a good living here. Rock. USA, USA. Now there were other Georgia golfers uh, that were in lo- uh, sectional qualifying on Monday this week, mm-hmm. and uh, none of them, I believe, made it into the field. Ryan, you had a local golfer you wrote about, yeah, out of one of our high schools. It was in North Coney. North Coney, yeah. And and uh, he he learned going from high school to trying to get into the Open is kind of a dicey situation. Yeah, he, he he struggled a little bit. Name? But, what's his name? Uh, Luke Koenig. Uh-huh. Uh, he going to Georgia? You know where's, where's he going? Funny, he was supposed to go to Coastal Carolina, where. Dustin Johnson. Right, right. But uh, they fired their coach mid-May, and so he kind of backed out and asked for his release from his... uh, Where's he going? He doesn't know yet. Uh He hopes to make a decision by July 1st, but it could be a University of Georgia. We'll we'll see. But yeah, you mentioned the the qualifying over in Roswell. Brendan Todd was a couple strokes short. Keith Mitchell shot a four over in the first round and said, screw it. <laughs> Withdrew. Well, I mean, you're saying that. Maybe he had an injury that you don't know about. Nah, nah. There, there, was a, there was a long list of guys that didn't shoot exactly what they wanted and said, you know what, I got better things to do. All right. Oh, well, got, oh uh, Trent Phillips, sorry. Uh, former or current slash just graduated Georgia golfer didn't make it. I'm interesting to see, uh, you know, Davis Thompson was in that, but he withdrew after winning the Corn Ferry Tour event last week. So. All right, do we want to take a break because we've been talking a long time, or do you want to just keep on trucking? Yeah, let's take a little, a quick, a quick break. All I right. gotta, gotta get my vocal cords uh, saturated. All right, we'll be right back.
All right, Ryan, let's bounce around with some more topics before we, we get out of here. And we want to hit on the SEC thing I talked about. Uh, Georgia baseball season, uh, the, the Super Regionals are this weekend, but Georgia is not participating. Bounced by North Carolina Sunday after going one and two. Uh, haven't got out of regionals in nine seasons under Scott Strickland, uh, which is eight tournaments during that time. The COVID season obviously was stopped. Georgia's made three out of the last four regionals. Uh, that they've had them. Ryan, what's going on with Georgia baseball? How are you feeling about the Bulldogs? Mm, they they need a good year next year. I mean, to me, you know, Strickland's had, what, what how many years? Eight years? This is eight seasons? He'll be entering his 10th Georgia season. Wow. Wow. And never gotten into a super, has he? Uh, no, I just said that. Thank yeah. you for listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, well, I was trying to calculate everything in my head that's going on. I mean, obviously, the first, what, five or six were struggles. Mm-hmm. And then he turned it around. They had a nationally ranked, uh, nationally seed, uh, I think, fourth one year, maybe sixth another. And, I mean, you also have to look at how they were a little screwed over in 2020, right? I mean, you had the Emerson Hancock. You had Wilcox. You had when you that, say they were screwed over, who are you blaming the, the pandemic on? China. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the COVID. Uh the, you know the season getting canceled. If they'd have kept going, because what were they? It was seventeen and one or something when the uh, when the pandemic hit, mm-hmm. and and they were rolling. They had you know at least three good starters, and that's what you need at that level. And uh, of course, can- season was canceled. Wilcox goes in the draft. Emerson Hancock. So you had to kind of rebuild from that standpoint. Now, what will be three years out from that next year? The pitching has suffered greatly. It's been a huge issue, mm-hmm. especially this year with the walks. You know, after uh, Cannon, uh, who struggled a little bit down the stretch, you know, it was, you know, the old saying, uh, spawn and saying and play, pray for rain. It was like, you know, throw out Cannon and then I don't know what you do after that, right? And so uh, he, he needs to, he needs to, he needs to at least get to the super regionals next year, uh, or I think there needs to be change maybe. Oh, looking for the column about that, mm-hmm. which will be coming soon. Check out online Athens. Um, question is, yeah, I mean, the pitching obviously, um, you know, wasn't up to par this season. They had a bunch of injuries, and um, you know, their their best pitcher, Jonathan Cannon, uh, mm-hmm. did not pitch well down the stretch as he came back from an injury. Uh, now they're going to lose uh, the Tate brothers. Um, maybe they'll lose. Uh, Will Connor come back? I think he'll be eligible for another season. I can't keep up with him. I mean, I think it's a 20-round draft. You have to uh, you know, see where you fall and that kind of thing. Or you might want to just head head out and, and, and begin a pro career and, and try to make it that way. Uh, I don't know. He's got to go to the transfer portal, I guess, and, and get some dudes. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. Um, I was in Destin last week uh, for SEC meetings. Um College football, I mean, the SEC football schedule not determined yet, still deciding between a nine and eight game format whether you're going to have three rotating, I mean, three permanent opponents or one permanent opponent uh, and then seven rotating or six rotating with the nine game schedule. You're talking about you're going to have Florida on the schedule either way if you're Georgia. Uh, you would have Auburn on there if you go to the three permanent and then you have somebody else. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, a lot of talk about it, but no action yet. You know, maybe a couple months away from determining it. And, and one of the sticking points is Georgia, uh, the SEC doesn't know what playoffs the playoffs are going to look like after 2025 because there's no new deal for the playoffs. You mean there was more talk there than uh, Jimbo and Saban? That's all I saw. Uh, yeah, they didn't really have much to say. I mean, the kind of, you know, Saban at least said he didn't have a problem with Jimbo and I don't know. Um, 
you know, will that be still an issue? That's that's. Uh, what will they say next month when they come to Atlanta for the? SEC media days. No divisions uh, are going to be under either of those formats. Um, pods? Is that the hot No, no, they're not going to be pods, but um, just one 16-team deal like you mm-hmm. have in basketball. basketball yeah. uh, well, speaking of basketball, though, you're going to have now every team in the SEC tournament. I mean, if you go into the SEC tournament as a 16 seed, I mean, that's kind of embarrassing, I'm just saying. Well, yeah. I mean... Uh, and Georgia was last this year. Yes, they were one win. They'll do that. Hey, they also have a uh, they'll have a seventh year player next year. Jalen Ingram got a chance to talk to him last week. Had a story up on Online Athens. Uh, five years at Florida Atlantic. His sixth year was last year, the COVID season, and then he has another year now after gaining uh, another redshirt year. So year number seven for Ingram as he comes off the ACL. You have seven newcomers, six transfers. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess the roster looks like it's better than it was. The key thing is you got you got Kyrie Oquendo back. You got Braylon Bridges back. Maybe you can get more out of uh, Jabri Abdul-Rahim, who was a top 50 uh, recruit in high schools, dealt with some injuries at Virginia, and then um, you know came off the bench all year, all year last year. I mean, for a team that only had one win, I don't know why you could get that guy in the start lineup, but mm-hmm. I guess you gotta, you got to play your way in. Um Hey, Ryan, did you see uh, Shane Beamer in South Carolina did a full house video uh, for uh, their incoming uh, newcomers? I, I saw the video, but I didn't I, I didn't have the sound on. I can't remember why if I was in a, a, a somewhere that I couldn't listen to it. But um, that's kind of cool. Well, well, I would like to see um, – how about Georgia doing like a welcome back Cotter deal? I think fa- family Stets- matters. Stetson Bennett as uh, Juan Epstein. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know who would play Cotter. Uh, you got which one did you say? I mean, uh, Family Matters and Full House. You know, were in that same uh, thing where they had the same type of intro uh, uh-huh. with the well, you know the funny, funny thing where they would pause and smile at the camera type deal. Speaking of Stetson Bennett, all right, let's let's knock this out. All right, uh, this came about not because of the preseason magazines, but for USA Today Sports Network, Gannett. Uh, we were asked all the writers that cover the various SEC teams to come up with a list of. Guys from your team that you cover, whether that you think they are one of the 10 best at their position in the SEC. Now, some yeah. positions, including tight end, only five, I guess, because they say, you know, most schools or many schools don't employ as many tight ends as mm-hmm. Georgia does. All right. So, you know, in retrospect, I, I might have overlooked a guy, but uh, who would you say? Let's, let's go position by position, whether Georgia has a guy worthy of saying he's among mm-hmm. the top 10 in the SEC. Stetson Bennett, like if I had a top five in the SEC, he'd be mm-hmm. in there. He might even be a top three. All right, take mm-hmm. that, critics. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But he's on my list. Uh, he, he's in yours too? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you only got 14 freaking teams. You know, you got to be – if you're one of the, the, the bottom, uh, you know, four guys, then you're not making the list. But, I mean, you, you know. I mean, I think if you go by stats, I mean, there's nobody. There's nobody what about running backs? Who are you putting – do you have anyone in Georgia that you're putting in the, in the top ten running backs in the SEC? Ooh, I mean – you know, we've seen some flashes from Kenny, Kenny McIntosh, uh, Kendall Milton. I think if he can stay healthy, is a is a is a star. You know, I can't think of every running back off the top of my head. You know, like a Tank down in uh, Auburn, stuff like that. I put uh, pretty high, and um, but yeah, I mean, I think Georgia has a. I think they always produce a, a running back that's top ten in the SEC. So yeah. 
I put McIntosh in. I would, you know, Kendall, I need to see a little bit more from. Um, 328 rushing yards for McIntosh, 222 receiving yards, and that's with James Cook mm-hmm. and uh, Zamir White ahead of him. All right, hey, why, do you have the touchdown pass on his uh, resume as well? He does. All right, yeah. wide receiver, anybody on Georgia you putting on that list? Um... You know, I mean, you lose George Pickens, who would definitely have been on that list. Um, I mean, you know, Lad Lad gets overlooked last year. I think he kind of slowed down as as the year went on. Um, but who do you have on? Did you have somebody on the list? I had a guy named Ad Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, you, some call him Adonai or uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he did have a strong uh, strong first campaign there. Yeah, he had a didn't he have a, didn't he catch a pass against Alabama? I kind of remember. Yeah, that was a hell of a catch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 29 catches, 426 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, he's, he made my list. All right, tight end. You can, you're, you're saying these guys are among the best five tight ends in the SEC. Who are you putting on there from Georgia? <laughs> well, obviously, uh, Brock is the number one in the country and maybe one of the best we've seen uh, ever at the position uh, at the college level, and that was just his freshman year. And, of course, then you have uh, Washington, who is a beast, and we hadn't really seen all that he's capable of just yet. So, uh, I mean, that could be one and two right there, couldn't it? All right, I did not put Darnell on my list. I want to see a little bit more production, which is, you know, it's not really his fault because there's so many talented guys mm-hmm. at Georgia. And, and like you mentioned, George Pickens, was well, he went on the team for too much last year. He didn't play too much, but... Um, and that's not even including... I'm putting in Eric Gilbert. Eric, yeah. Uh, Eric Gilbert. He's just based off what I saw in the spring from the dude. Yeah. Um, I mean, Darnell might, you know, is he sixth or seventh in the SEC? I mean, I could see either of those guys, uh, you know, being the next guy after Bowers. So, yeah, know, I mean, Georgia, Georgia might have three of the best. Yeah, they, one, two, and three. That's, well, I don't know about that, but... I mean, obviously the talk last year, you know, well, Gilbert will move to a more of a, a receiver type of role, which I guess we didn't see in the spring, right? Well, but, I mean, that's not that's not the that's not happening anymore. I know, I know, yeah. but I could see him, you know, splitting out or, or doing more than just that tight end uh, as, see, as, I mean, as, it, as it evolves. I mean, I think Bowers is more like a split out guy now in terms of body type than uh, Gilbert. You know, I don't know what his weight is now, but he was pretty big in the in the spring, although. What, yeah. Speaking of Bowers, what do you think about the cute little uh, image that the uh, George football account put out the other day of the little players? I, I didn't see it. I'll have to go look at it. Oh, man. Go look at it. Didn't know. It was, it was, All right, we, it we got to roll through these. I got, I got some right, more go, to go. Go, go, Offensive line. Who among Georgia's offensive line would you say is in the top 10? At, I'd say Cedric at center. Yeah, he's, he's, not, he's, he's the first one I had. Now, who's your second? Who I mean, you, McClendon? Yeah, I'm putting McClendon. Now, I, I say this because Broderick Jones... I think you made a first-team All-SEC by one of the preseason magazines. And I'm not ready to go there yet. Yeah. I, I think McClendon is underrated, and mm-hmm. I'm giving him his props. If I'm taking a Georgia tackle now, I'm putting McClendon. Now, I know he's not a left tackle. He's at right tackle. But mm-hmm. third-year starter, undervalued in my mind. Definitely. All right, on defense, let's roll through this. Mm-hmm. Defensive line, obviously Jalen Carter's there. Anybody else in Georgia's defensive line you can put on there? Oh, Lord. Um, the answer is no, not yet. I was trying to think of who's who's got to be replaced, and uh, there's a lot to replace on that line. So, yeah, yeah. Outside linebacker at Georgia, who who you put in there? I mean, uh, you got to have Nolan, right? Nolan's, Nolan's there. Smith. Is Robert Beal, who led Georgia in sacks, is he one of the top ten? Golly, outside isn't, that a, isn't that a stat for that Georgia defense? Yeah. I mean, uh, I yeah, I say put Robert on there. What a what a journey he's had while he's here. But I'm not putting him on there yet. 
I want to see uh, a little bit more. I mean, he he did you know stepped up when Anderson got mm-hmm. removed from the team, mm-hmm. and and he's certainly I would say a guy that's kind of under the radar. So if he's if he's being as productive to start the season, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I wonder if he was a product of you look at you have five first rounders on that defense. I mean, offensive coordinators got to account for all those dudes, and maybe Beal kind of took advantage of that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? What about the inside linebackers with uh, those three guys gone? Yeah, I can say, no, I mean, nobody nobody's yet. proven no, yet. Nobody uh, yet. Nobody I yet. think it could be by do, the end of the year. It could be Dumas Johnson by the end of the year, but not yet. <laughs> right, right. All right, how about DBs? Uh, any, anybody you put in the top ten? I mean, Keely, right? Uh, you know, after the... Keely Ringo was correct. Uh, he, had a, he had a good year, and then, of course, the pick six is what's still on everybody's mind. What, what else? Are you, you taking anyone else? Um... Hold on, trying to go through everybody. You lose scene. Uh, oh, you got you get one pick. You you taking Christopher Smith or Tyke Smith? I mean, Tyke. What, what do we know about him? Uh, Thirteen All American at West, West Virginia. Virginia. Right. I'm putting Tyke on there. I'm putting a little okay. upside. Okay. Little. Uh, I think Christopher is is a very uh, uh, kind of a glue guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'll go with Tyke just because of, of what he did previously when he was healthy. This is a long way out. He was the one with the interception against Clemson, correct? Christopher Smith, mm-hmm. yeah, pick six. There you go. Yeah. All right, and in special teams, are you putting uh, who are you putting? Are you putting any kickers, any returners? Well, you got a lot to replace there too, right? I mean, uh, is Kyrus Jackson one of the best returners in the SEC? I hadn't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. He's not making my list. Yeah, I agree. Now it could be a process of elimination. I don't know everybody's returner. Mm-hmm. Where now I feel like he did come on towards the end of last year, but. I don't know who everyone else has got, and so maybe it's like you know local bias. You're like, well, I want to see a little bit more. I'm putting Jack Lesney on there. I think he's one of the. I think he's one of the ten best. Hot Pod, yeah, he deserves to be in there. Would you call him Hot Pod? Oh yeah. So, how's it like a hot pocket? Are they still still a thing? Burn the shit out of the top of your mouth. Oh, got to cut that. I mean, you can probably just throw a PG-13 label <laughs> on it. Um, looking at one thing, the Athlon listing, uh, they had Roderick Jones on there, and yeah. that's the one guy I didn't have. They had Christopher Smith on there as a second-team guy, Kyrus Jackson as a second-team punt returner, and uh, that's it otherwise. And they had Robert Beal as third-team. But hmm. um, All right, we'll see. Now, uh, a little programming note here as we uh, exit this uh, podcast set. Uh, well, some time off for for each of us, I believe, as the July Fourth holiday rolls around, and uh, I believe Juneteenth is actually a holiday, Ryan. So you can yeah, take that day off as well. well. well yeah. Um, so we'll 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 see you next time. We uh, just check your your podcast, uh, I guess, app on your phone, and you'll roll out another one in there. We'll 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 get rolling again, and and probably go nonstop, I would guess, until uh, the season. Uh, Ryan Ryan wants to do it like six times a week. I'm, I'm telling him, you know, back off a little bit. Yeah, that's a lot through the national championship that Georgia will win. Uh, you know, you know the game is this year? Do you know where the game is this year? Uh, uh, is that uh, L.A., right? Home of Matthew Stafford. Yep. Oh, so not the Rose Bowl, which, so, yeah, because obviously they're going to try to make as much money as possible. They'd put it in it. That's a big stadium. Yep, you, I know you're making some reservations. That, that'll give you a chance a little bit away from Pebble Beach to make your tea time, but Ooh. you can just uh, catch a little. Uh, they probably have some uh, budget airlines you can fly from L.A. to San Fran and uh, catch that. That'll yeah. be good. Yeah, we should plan it. Uh, hey, as long as you are uh, made it this far into the podcast, why don't you give us a five-star review? Just because Ryan right now is about to go do the production angle of this where he, he makes it sound good and cuts out his yeah. uh, his curse word he just dropped. <laughs> uh, so uh, you know, he would appreciate a five-star review. Just in the comment section, just say, hey, uh, really appreciate everything Ryan does and, and also for putting up with Mark. Yeah, that's uh, the key to all this. (laughs) All right, everyone, have a great uh, rest of your week, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. See ya.